Good morning. <clears throat> I think I'm going to ask you to do that again. I think we're going to go for <clears throat> we're going to go for a second one. It was decent. It was good. I'll give you a B, but let's go. We'll go for we'll go for an A. So we'll try it again. Good morning. Eh, all right. So let's just move on. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not going to get what I want from that. So we're just we're just going to go on with that. A couple of quick reminders. I want to remind you guys to be checking the calendar. We've got a lot of things going on. A lot of things coming up. Uh, a lot of things happening. I'm really super excited about our Wednesday starting back up with children's with um, our, our youth uh, in the building and also with our, um, our adult class that we're doing on, on finances. I'm excited to see what God is all doing, all the things that are happening. Um, also want to let you guys know, remind you guys that we are um, planning on having um, baptisms sometime uh, end of September, sometime beginning of October. And so if you're interested in being baptized, um, please get a hold of me and let me know. Um, or if somebody that you know or somebody in your family who's not um, here today is interested, please let me know. We're trying to see how many we have that are, are ready for that and, and so that we can do that. Um, <clears throat> we've done this the last few years, and this is a great opportunity for us to, to partner with uh, our community. Um, and so there is a, a walk that has happened the last few years that happens. Um, this year it'll be up in Montpelier again. Um, and then after this year, their plan is to, to move it to different cities uh, within the county. Um, but it's an outer darkness walk, and what it is is it's a walk to support um, families that have lost someone. <laughs> Didn't get me for a service. Um, that have lost someone to suicide or people that have struggled with it, and it's just a chance for the community to come together to support each other, to support the community. Um, <clears throat> being a part of, of uh, not only this, uh, this um, event, but some of the other uh, organizations that deal with um, suicide loss and suicide awareness in this county, um, I will say this, that in the four-county area, um, over the last year or so, we've actually seen the numbers um, have dropped, which is an awesome and amazing thing um, to see. But on the sad note, uh, in the Williams County area, um, the numbers have not dropped at all. Um, it actually looks like they're, they're increasing. And so in our county, <clears throat> we're definitely seeing people struggling with mental health things, struggling um, with suicide and that kind of thing. And so this is an opportunity for us as a church to come together to join with our community. And so you can register online if you have any questions about it. I've posted about it, but if you have any questions, just get a hold of me. You can register for free. You can make donations, but you can walk for free. It's not one of these things that you know, you can literally just register and then just show up. Um, and it's at the end of the month uh, on the 26th of September from 2 to 4 p.m. Uh, happening up in Montpelier. We also have some flyers and some, um, some posters that are on the information desk, on the welcome desk. And so after you leave here, snag one of those, put it up at work. Um, you can use it, get the website to register. Then again, you can always just message me uh, and ask me. But this is a great opportunity for us to partner with our community, to join with our community in an area that definitely um, we have and definitely exists an area of need. So we just finished up our series called <clears throat> Jesus Said That. And I will say this, it is a rare occasion that when a series comes to an end, I actually go, oh man, I wish this series kept going. Most of the time, by the time we get to the end of the series, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. You're probably done hearing me talk about it. I know I'm done hearing me talk about it. I'm like, God, let's move on to something else. It's that whole chiseling thing, you know. God's chiseling away the junk. This stings. It hurts a little bit. Can, we, can I get a break? All right? Um, and so we just finished up this series, and yet I have a feeling we're going to come back to this series, um, and we're going to do this series again uh, sometime in the near future as we look at other things. There's a lot of things that Jesus 
talked about, that Jesus shared, that Jesus um, uh, uh, taught, that are very challenging. And it's so easy to look at the easy things. It's so easy to look at the things that we like, the things that when we're done reading, we go, oh, <laughs> and feel good about. But then it's really hard, and it's so, it's so quick for us to just like flip the page when it's something that's like, ugh, <laughs> or something that's tough, or something that we don't like. And so let's real quick look at the ones that we talked about this past series, this last month. We talked about the narrow way and the wide way. We talked about Jesus saying, I never knew you, and the question was, how is your life any different? How has your life changed knowing Jesus? And then we talked about denying yourself. And the tough question was raised was, who do you serve? <clears throat> One of the toughest ones, when Jesus talked about hating your mother and hating your, your, your family, and we said, wait a minute, what is Jesus talking about? And what he was challenging us <clears throat> was he was challenging us, what do we love more than him? What in our lives do I love more than Jesus because he's supposed to be my number one? We talked about being hated, and the question was raised, are you willing to be hated for his sake? Okay, are you willing to be hated, but not because you're a terrible person, not because you were rude to somebody? No, are you willing to be hated because you're following him, because you're serving him? And then we talked about loving your enemies, and the question was raised was, who is your enemy? Who is your enemy, and are we truly loving them? Do we truly pray for those that we have problems with, those that we have issues with, those that we struggle with? And then last week, the sermon was watch your mouth, okay? Not wash, although some of you, I mean, I don't know, but watch, <clears throat> watch your mouth, okay? And the question was, what are you speaking? What are the things that you're saying? And follow up to that question, we asked a few other ones, was do you speak truth and love? Do you speak peace? Do you speak life? Do you speak Jesus? What are you speaking? <clears throat> oh, be careful I can't say little mouths, okay, there's a few in the room, but most of them are not, so I'm going to say, be careful, big mouths, what you say. Well, on the other side of that, we also were reminded, be careful, big ears, what you hear. And we've got to be careful, not only to be careful what we're speaking into other people's lives, we need to be careful what people are speaking into our lives. We've got to be really, really careful the stuff that we're listening to. Be careful of the influences that are coming in. Be careful what we're paying so much attention to and, and, and what we're taking in because we'll find, and we all do this, when you're having a bad day, you tend to want to listen to stuff that feeds that, that bad day. And we've got to be careful not only what we're speaking, but we've got to be careful of what's being spoken into our, into our lives. So the series we're doing this month is called <clears throat> DNA, and we're looking at, and we're going to be talking about discovering who we are, and looking at our DNA as a church, and if you're visiting, or if you're watching online, and, and Grace is in your church, that's okay, because what you're going to find is that as we're talking about our DNA, we're talking about what God has for us, you're going to find that it's pretty much universal, and it fits for everyone. Now, you know it's a bad thing when, when and it oftentimes is a bad thing, when I'm going through and looking at quotes or whatever, and, and I stop on a quote from Charles Spurgeon, because usually you know it's going to be one of those like, Whoa. okay? And usually his quotes, though, are kind of long, and it's just like he hits you like eight times before you're done reading, you know, just a little paragraph. This is a one and done. It's like one line, it's one sentence, and forget about it, all right? And so this is it. Charles Spurgeon says this. He said, Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. <laughs> I'm going to stop for a bit. <clears throat> People online are like, they're not following more. They're <clears throat> they just ended the video. Oops, bad reception. Um, <laughs> every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. See, we need to understand something. 
We need to understand something. As followers of Jesus Christ, every single one of us is called to share the gospel. Every single one of us. That's not the pastor's job. That's not the, the, the evangelist's job. That's not the, 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 the Bible teacher's job. That's not the, the missionary's job. Every single one of us are called to share the gospel. Every single one of us are called to show the love of Christ to those around you. So I'll read it one more time, and then we'll move on so you guys can, can, start, you can breathe again, okay? Get it off the screen. Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. So today we're going to talk about our passion. We're going to talk about our passion. As part of our DNA, as part of our DNA as a church, what is our passion? And then we're going to talk about the why behind it. Because we can say the passion, we can say what it is, and that doesn't mean anything unless we've got the why and we understand why this is our passion. And then we're going to talk about what this means for grace. And again, if you're visiting or if you're watching online and this isn't your church, it's okay. Even though we're going to talk about what it means for grace, you're going to find that it pretty much could say what it means for all of us. All right, so let's talk about our passion. Our passion, and for those of you that are here, you know that it's very similar. It's actually really not a whole lot different. We just cut out some words to make it uh, easier and quicker to say. Um, but it's been our mission statement now for, for three plus years, okay? And we've just shifted it over. We're calling it our passion. Our passion is to know, show, and be God's love in our community. This, this should be what excites us. This should be, there are days where we get up in the morning and we dread the day, but the fact that we have the opportunity to know, show, and be God's love to the people around us should excite us. It should get our blood flowing. It should get us up out of bed. I get the chance today. I get blessed with the opportunity today to show somebody the love of Jesus Christ. And that should be our passion. It should be our lifeblood. This should energize us. The thought of talking to somebody who doesn't know who Jesus is who's lost in darkness, and to be able to talk to them about the light of Christ, that should energize us. That should, that should uh, uh, bring such an excitement to our lives. And so that's our passion. But why? Why is it our passion? Why is this our passion? And so let's talk about the why. And to do that, we've got to look at three. There's three words we've got to look at. And those three words are know, show, and be. Those are the three words we've got to look at. And so let's start off with no, and let's go to John 17, 3. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now understand something. This is, this is a perfect first premise to put out there. Knowing him is different than knowing about him. Let me just put that out there. Okay, I'm going to date myself because we're going to go back, back in the day. I'm going to date myself here, okay? Here we go. Bear with me. Those of you that are older, you're going to be like, oh, he's just a kid. And those of you that are younger are going to be like, oh, he's so old. Okay? <clears throat> Love my enemies. Okay, so um, <laughs> some of you got it. A couple people got that one. Not, not enough, but it's okay. So <clears throat> what does this look like? I remember at some point, I remember our, our, our parents, and I don't even know, I'm not even going to ask my mom how much it costs, I'm like, whatever, but at some point my parents did, did the, 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 the crazy thing and they actually went and they actually bought an encyclopedia set. And we actually, on the shelves in our house, we had an encyclopedia set, okay, Encyclopedia Britannica, 
brown with gold or whatever, and the thing took up like a whole room. And I'm not going to lie, it was good because that was back in the day when you didn't have, you know, Siri and Google and, and Alexa and all these things that you could just ask random questions to get the answers. You actually had to look things up, okay? And, and so I could go and I could take, I could take the, the, the volume that has the J on it, and I can take it out and I can flip to J-E, J-E-S-U-S, and I can get to Jesus. And guess what? There'd be a whole lot of information on him. There would be uh, historical stuff. There would be commentary stuff. There would be uh, 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 Bible story stuff. There would be uh, um, historical things. There'd be all these things, all this information on Jesus. And I could memorize all of it to the point that you can give me a test on Jesus and I could pass the test. I could ace the test. Why? Because I know all these facts about him. I know all these things. I studied the encyclopedia. But that's knowing about him, which is far different than knowing him. See, knowing him means a relationship. Knowing him means his lordship over me. When I know who he is, Bible says if I confess with my mouth that he is Lord. Okay, if I confess that he is Lord, that he is Lord over me, that's knowing him. And so our desire here at this church is we don't want people to know about Jesus. We want people to know him, to have a relationship with him. Galatians 4, 8 to 9 says this, formerly when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God's. But now that you have come to know God, or rather be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slave you want to be once more? See, understand this. Knowing him should mean living a life of transformation. Knowing about him don't change a whole lot. But knowing him leads to a life of transformation. We say this so many times because it's true, and it needs to be true in my life and needs to be true in your life. Who I was five years ago should not be who I am today. It doesn't mean I don't mess up. It doesn't mean I, 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 I don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that I've got it all figured out. At some point, I can say, oh, got it all figured out, God. I got it 100%. Take me home now. No. But what it means is that I should be, my life should be a journey continuing to be more and more and more like Jesus. More and more and more like him. And when I look back and I reflect on that, I might see some ups and downs, but the overall picture should be a lot more up than, than, than down. I might even see some moments where I really screwed it up. But it's time to get back on my feet and it's time to keep going and get back up and keep growing in him. 2 Timothy 3.16, love this passage, says, all scripture, all scripture, <laughs> ready? All scripture, that includes the Old Testament, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All scripture is given to us by God, and it is profitable for what? For teaching, reproof, correction, and training. Now understand something, okay, that God's word lays out the blueprint for our lives. I may not like it. You may not like it. 
We just spent the last series talking about a bunch of stuff that some of us didn't like. Pray for your enemies. <laughs> Love your enemies. Seriously, Lord? <laughs> okay? <clears throat> we may not like it, but it says what it says. And it's the blueprint for us to live by. It's interesting because if you go back and you read the beginning of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, you find that Paul is talking to Timothy and he's talking about what things are going to look like in the end times. And he goes through a list of some pretty tough stuff. He goes through a list that, that, that you know, eh, we're not so fond about because we don't want to think of ourselves as being in that position. And when he's done with that, and he's done giving a warning of this is what it's going to look like in the end times. He follows it up with 2 Timothy 3.16. He follows it up with this. Listen, as the world crumbles, as people begin to embrace sin and culture uh, justifies and accepts and glamorizes and glorifies sin, don't forget that Scripture, all Scripture is breathed out by God. And it's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. We've got to know, not know about his word. We've got to know his word. We've got to know him. If we're going to come to the next point, it's a growing process. As I know him, I then can do something amazing. I can then show him. As I know his love, I can now show his love. John 13, 34, Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. That we are called to love others the way God loved us. That we should demonstrate love. My life should be a demonstration of love to others the way Christ loved me. We could have put this in that Jesus said that because, man, <laughs> Let's just be honest, it ain't that easy. Think about what Jesus has done for you. Think about what Jesus has done for you in your life up to this point. Think about the things that he's brought you through. Think about the blessings that he's put into your life. Think about even the struggles, even in the dark and the tough moments. Think about the times that he's been there for you, the times that people have poured into you, the times that people have supported you. Think about all that you've been through and know that Christ has loved you through all of that. And then we're supposed to demonstrate that same love to those around us. Demonstrate that exact same love to those around us. As we know God's love, we then begin to be able to show it. Galatians 5.13 says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. We are called to serve one another. We're not called to abuse the grace that God has given us. We're not called to take the grace and mercy that God has shown us and abuse it and just live our lives doing whatever we want, however we want, just living our lives. No, we're supposed to take that and take that grace and that mercy, take that love, take that freedom that we have now in Christ and in turn do what with it? Serve each other. And it doesn't mean to just sit back and be served. Oh, well, yeah, now everyone served me. It's not what it means. What it means is that we should serve each other. We should serve one another. 
We should be living our lives to help and to love and to serve those around us. Our freedom in Christ, our freedom in Christ should lead us to serve each other. It should lead us to serve each other. It should lead us to be showing that love to one another. 1 Peter 4, 8 says this, Above all, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. I mean, if that doesn't tell you, it's supposed to be important. The phrase, above all. <laughs> above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. See, loving others brings forgiveness. I know, I use the F word in church. Watch out. I'm not going to talk about it much more. I'm going to leave it there, okay? I know people don't like that. <laughs> they don't like forgiveness. They don't like that word, okay? It brings peace. It brings forgiveness. It brings grace. It brings mercy, etc. The list is super long. But when we love others, what it brings into our relationships is tremendous. When we love our neighbor, what it brings to that relationship is tremendous. When we love our community, when we love our coworkers, when we love our family and our friends, what it brings into our lives, what it brings into those relationships is tremendous. It brings literally the character of God becomes a part of our relationships. And my goodness, can you imagine what we could do in our community if we actually truly started loving one another? Imagine what we could do. Imagine the impact we could have. And so what happens is, is we know the love of God. The transformation part goes from not knowing to knowing. With knowing, we can show, but we're not done there. There's something incredible that can happen, is that we can be God's love. Our entire existence, the entire of who we are, can literally flip on its end. Our nature does not have to be this nature that runs to sin all the time. It doesn't have to be this nature that's always running to pride, that's always consumed by selfishness, that's always my way or the highway, or it's all about me. No, we can actually become different. We don't have to stay the same. This idea that, that as, as Christians, well, we're just going to just try to make it by is nonsense. Understand something. Scripture says that he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I don't have to live a life of mediocrity in my relationship with Jesus. I don't have to live a life where I'm just dragging my feet Dragging my feet, Lord, I'm just trying to make it through. No, I can live a life where I walk standing tall and confident because I know who Jesus is, I know what he did for me, and I know who I am in him. And yet so many of us go through our days, we're just like, oh, I'll just make it through another day. That's not who we're supposed to be. John 13, 35 says this, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You know why we should stand out to the world? <clears throat> because we know how to truly love. And we show it. That's how we stand out to the world. That's what separates us. That's what should separate us. When people go on, oh, I'm in trouble. When people go on your Facebook and they start reading your posts, <laughs> Do they see somebody that loves their neighbor? Do they see somebody that has love for one another? When somebody sits down and talks to you 
and has a conversation with you, or you're sitting there at work together, and you're in the break room, or you're having lunch together, or whatever, and your mouth opens up, and you start talking about this supervisor this, and this coworker this, and blah, 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 and all this stuff like that, and, and my ex this, and this person this, and all that, whatever. Are they seeing the love of Christ in you? When you're dragging your children by the ear <clears throat> down the stairs and into the car, you better get to church and you better behave or else. And then you walk through the door. Hey, good morning. God bless you. Go to children's. Let's go praise Jesus now. I just want to say my parents never did that to me because my mom is sitting right there. So that never happened in, in, my, in my life. That never happened. <laughs> By this, people will know what? That you love one another. What are you showing your kids? What are you showing the neighbor's kids when their bike comes off the you know, sidewalk and hits your grass? Get off my lawn, you kids. <laughs> or are you loving one another? Loving others <laughs> is proof of our relationship with God. By your fruit, you'll be known. It's proof. I can say I love, I, I love Jesus. Jesus loves me. But how do I prove it? I prove it in, in, in the fact that I love others. It gets worse, ready? <laughs> Last time, I promise, okay? Gets worse, okay? It's proof in how we love others, especially our enemies. I don't think we talk about enemies again the rest of today. I think we're all right. I'm not making a promise. There's a chance it might pop up again, but I think that's it. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. I'm going to use another one of them ugly words, ready, it's coming up. Be like Jesus, walk like Jesus, love, here it is, another ugly word, and sacrifice like he did. But what you, did you guys talk about in church today? Psh, pastor used multiple S words, F words, he just, he just hit us with everything. <clears throat> Forgiveness, sacrifice, submission, surrender. <laughs> Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. Ready? I, I, this is, talk about love-hate. Here it is. Lindsay, add it to my list. Ready? <laughs> Here it is. It is no, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. If my life is me living it, something's wrong. If my life is a reflection of Nate and what Nate wants and what Nate thinks and what Nate feels and what Nate does, something's wrong. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Our lives now should reflect Jesus and the fact that he is our Savior, but also our Lord. So our passion is to know, show, and be God's love. The why, I just gave it to you. Let's talk about what that means for grace. What does that mean for us? 1 John 4, 12 says, No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. Again, we've talked about this before. Loving each other is the proof of God's love being in us. We have an opportunity to make a difference in the world around us. And that opportunity doesn't mean hiding in these four walls. It doesn't mean hiding in the four walls of your house. It doesn't mean hiding in the walls of your car. And it really doesn't mean hiding in the walls of your heart. We have the chance to make an impact in our community by loving people the way Christ loved us. We have the chance to make a difference in the lives of people around us by loving them the way we've been loved. John 13, 13 to 17, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. For I have given you an example. I have given you an example that you should also do as I have done to you. Jesus tells us. What does this mean? What does this passionate, this passion thing mean? What does this mean about knowing, showing, and be God's love? Jesus tells us what it means. He says, I've given you the example. He is the focus. He is the comparison. He is the one I should strive to be like. See, before technology exploded and blew up in order to, 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 to make comparisons, we had to look to see what the neighbors threw out in their trash. At Christmas time, don't lie, come on, some of y'all remember this. At Christmas time, you'd look out to see what the neighbors got because you could see the boxes in, their, in, in, their, in the, the front of their, their yard. Or you'd have to go and peek over the fence. What they, what, they, what they been doing back there? I heard tools going, I heard something, somebody was back there, what have they been up to? And we would look and see, or we would see what car was in the driveway. Oh, they got a new car, man, I wish I had a car like that. But now, now we're in people's, we're, we're not only watching the trash they put out, we're in their garage, we're in their living room, we're in their bedroom, we're in their bathroom, we're in their kitchen, we're on their vacation, we're in their car with them, we're at the break room at work, everywhere everybody goes, we could just, our, our lives are out there for everybody. And one of the struggles with that is that we've created such a comparative society where we're never content, we're never satisfied, we're constantly looking at what everyone else has and comparing it to us. Or we're jerks about it and we look and we're like, ha-ha, my car's nicer than his. Ha-ha, my life is better than that person's. Ha-ha, look what they're, oh man, their life is a mess. <sighs> oh, 
thank you, Jesus, that my life's not like theirs. And yet the fact is, there is one comparison to be made. There is one standard that I'm supposed to look to and be held to, and that is Jesus. That's who I should strive to be like. That's who I want to look like. I want to look like Jesus to people. I want to live like Jesus and act and love like Jesus, not like Nate. You don't want me to love like Nate loves. I want to love like Jesus loves. You don't want me to act like Nate does. You want me to act like Jesus does. Well, guess what? Your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, the people at the grocery store, guess what? They all need you to act like Jesus too and to love like Jesus. <clears throat> One of the things, and, and we know this to be true, and we, and we say this, and sometimes we use this as, a, as an excuse or even a cop-out, and we say it's the church's job to serve the community. And that's true. It's one of the things that we're called to do. Religion that is pure, religion that is true is what? <clears throat> take care of those in need and, and live a holy life. Well, take care of those in need means what? Loving and serving our community. So it is. It's the church's job to serve the community, but it raises a question. We've asked this question before, but who is the church? But who is the church? We all are. We all are the church. So guess what? Go out and be the church. Go out and be the church. See, our passion is to know, show, and be God's love. That's our passion. It's to know, show, and be God's love in our community. And the song that we're going to play, we played it before. We'll probably play it again. It's become a, 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 an anthem of, of uh, for me, it's become an anthem um, as, as the summer has gone through and as we, as we come into what God is doing next for us and where God is taking us as a, as a church, um, it's kind of become that anthem. And as this song plays, <clears throat> my prayer for you and, and my, my hope for you in this moment is that you would ask God just a couple of questions. And one of those questions is, God, who, who in my world do I need to show and be your love to? Maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a neighbor. It might be a whole bunch of people. <laughs> God, who do I need to show and be, and be your love to? And then the other question to ask yourself and to begin to ask yourself and to ask God is, God, what are you calling me to do to serve my community and my community? And so I'm going to pray, and then this song is going to play and be thinking about that, be praying about that. Who do I need to show? Who do I need to be God's love in their lives? It might be somebody sitting right next to you. It might be somebody else in this room. <clears throat> it might be 
an old friend. It might be a neighbor. It might be a former neighbor or a former coworker. It might be somebody you haven't talked to in years. But just be saying, God, who? Who are you calling me? Who do I need to show and be your love to? Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, as we finish up this service, God, I just pray, God, that you would help us, God, that you would just speak into our lives, into our minds right now, God. Just show us the people that you're calling us to reach out to. God, you're not calling us to save the world. That's your job. But you are calling us, God, to reach out to people around us. God, there are neighbors, there are family members, there are coworkers, there are friends, there are people out there that, God, you're calling us to love on. You're calling us to show and to be your love in their lives. And so I pray, God, you would show those people to us. I pray, God, over the next couple of days, God, that you would challenge us to make the phone call, to send the message, to stop and knock on the door, to send a card, God, to, to write a note, God, to reach out and begin to show and be your love to those that are in need. God, I also know, God, that there are opportunities in this community, God. There are opportunities, God, for this <clears throat> church, God, and the people that are part of Grace Community. There are opportunities for us, God, to, to do new things, to do different things, to, to continue to make an impact on our community. And I pray, God, that you would begin to call those that will be the next ones to step up for the next thing, God. Begin to lay it on their heart. Begin to challenge them, God. Begin to, to equip them and prepare them, God, for the things that you have next. God, you have so much more for us, and we trust you, and we pray. Show us, God, where. Show us who. Show us what we need to do to show and be your love to those in need. We thank you, God, and we praise you for your word, and we praise you for this time and this moment. In your name we pray. Amen.